1: All right, welcome in to the Establish the Past podcast, officially episode number four here. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, uh, officially episode four because we did have a, a mini episode earlier uh, in the week to talk about Andrew Luck's retirement and uh, all of the good stuff that came along with that, the good and the bad, um, when you consider kind of the reactions all throughout the NFL to it. But uh, So today we're going to kind of turn the page, and uh, as we go into our headlines, Dylan, I think everybody kind of knows if you want to listen to the Andrew Luck stuff, you should definitely go back and check out that episode. We covered all that in there, but uh, we're also going to touch on uh, some things that maybe relate to the Colts, too when it comes to playoffs and yes we are talking about playoffs Mr. Mora
0: <laughs> yeah so it should be yeah in this episode we'll go through some of the teams um, that made the postseason last year that are in danger of missing it in 2019 as well as some of the non-playoff teams that are look the most dangerous going into the next season um as i mentioned on the end of the last episode there's about five to six teams each year or so that miss the playoffs that made it the year before and then obviously make it that are new teams two years ago was actually eight uh team new teams in the playoffs so we will see what happens there's a lot of dangerous teams especially in the nfc i uh, kind of put a few more there than the afc but overall there's a lot of competition in the entire nfl and it will be interesting to see how all these races play out by the end of the year
1: Yeah, and we'll have our predictions on that uh, for all those races uh, on our next episode, which will be our our mega preseason uh, predictions. We'll have everything from division winners, playoff teams, Super Bowl picks, all that good stuff, so you'll be able to to listen to that next week uh, right before the start. Of the regular season, but let's go ahead and jump into our headlines. And not really a ton, because the Andrew Luck stuff has really been the most talked about thing in the NFL, as we know, uh, here over the past week or so now. Well, not a full week, but pretty much since it happened last weekend. Um, and so we we dive into trades, because uh, there are trade rumors out there, and one specifically is to Davion Clowney. And we've been talking about this one for a while, Dylan. There's been plenty of rumors out there that the Texans were going to eventually trade him at some point. The rumors continue, especially heated up on Tuesday when uh, reports came out that Clowney had met, you know, with the Dolphins. And uh, that was a team that had been rumored for maybe a couple weeks or so now as a a potential destination for him. Uh, But you also have reports out there as well. That the Eagles or the Seahawks could be two teams that he prefers. Maybe they have the edge uh, in terms of what he prefers, but the Dolphins still think that they're the front runners. Front runners, uh, according to some of these reports, and that's going to make this this whole deal very fascinating because somebody's going to get a really good player. And I think for the Texans, the GM-less Texans, um, this is a pretty big decision for them because they feel like they're going to need to get something back. And most reports seem to say it's going to be for a left tackle.
0: Yeah, they also on top of that say that the compensation the Texans are asking for is considered reasonable so they're not trying to really break the bank here with what they're looking for. Um, In terms of the Dolphins, I mean, yeah, it might take some convincing for Clowney to go there. I think for them, if you're going to make that trade, you kind of want to be convinced that he's going to sign a long-term extension with you because even with Clowney, I'm not sure the Dolphins are really doing much. And then at that point, if you if you trade away a solid player, maybe a second or first round draft pick, the most you're going to get in a comp pick is a third rounder if Clowney leaves after one year. So what I'm not sure what they're really gaining there, unless they are are positive he's going to be there for the long term. On the flip side, for a team like the Eagles or Seahawks, some of these ones that are interested in him, the Eagles especially are intrigue me. I mean, if we're talking about the Texans wanting a left tackle, it would be kind of funny if the Eagles are like, "Hey, we, we traded up in the draft right in front of you to take Andre Dillard. They're uh, they're supposed to be their future left tackle, and now they could possibly flip him for Clowney. It would be interesting to see it happen. I'm not sure if that's enough." for the eagles even do it like they might want something else back uh they seem pretty happy with that draft pick and not the eagles aren't exactly a team that needs a ton of help along the defensive line so they're already pretty set there uh but that is one scary proposition for if i'm an nfc fan of any especially teams in that division with the eagles if you add clowning to that group on that defensive line it becomes that much more scary
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's, again, whoever gets him is getting a good player. And like we said, you know, being an opportunity to be traded to a playoff team would probably be his preference because uh, we've been, we've talked about the Dolphins already on the first several podcasts. I mean, they're a team that, that I don't think a lot of people believe are going to be in that playoff uh, hunt because they don't have maybe the depth at some of these skill positions. And certainly uh, they've got some things to figure out there in Brian Flores' mm-hmm. first season there. Um, so certainly, you know, going to the Eagles, going to the Seahawks, teams like that, Would probably give him more of an opportunity to to get to the playoffs, Uh, but as we know with these trade rumors um we may be sitting here talking about the dolphins the eagles and the seahawks but there could be another team that pops up from out of nowhere mm-hmm. um and becomes the team that he's eventually traded to but it does seem like at this point that they're going to make this happen it's just a matter of who and uh exactly when it will happen uh when the texans can do that so uh we'll be fascinated to watch uh, and certainly in terms of trade rumors uh he's the one we have our eye on here uh, ahead of the start of the regular season. Um, Another big headline and it was one where I think it started off as something is people were were making their jokes and um, not exactly sure, you know, what avenue this was going to be. When we talk about Rob Gronkowski, there was a report that came out uh, that he was going to, you know, have a meet with the media, talk about his next chapter. There are people, uh, you know, you, you saw the jokes about the XFL and is he going to go to the WWE? All of this different stuff, which has been rumored, uh, you know, for him to get into wrestling. And obviously, the XFL stuff was was nothing but uh, pure joking back and forth. But what he talked about actually wasn't a joking matter, and it's something that i think dylan you know with this andrew luck thing it's it sort of continues the theme in that what he's doing is kind of promoting something that sort of you know relates to to what andrew luck went through uh, when we think about it
0: yeah so yeah gronkowski here he the big thing that he was doing was trying to uh, promote cbd oil and uh products as a way to help athletes manage their pain and yeah exactly he, he went in and opened up and it was very emotional and uh, tough to even watch Gronkowski kind of break down as he talked about, um, you know, telling like making it clear to the fans that he had to recover. He wasn't in a good place. He said football is bringing me down, and I didn't like it. I was losing that joy in life, and you could tell he was. It was really affecting him. And yeah, it's pretty striking when we think about some of the uh, things we brought up in that Andrew Luck episode, questioning his toughness and what he's going through. But then you see Gronkowski, and it's a very different sentiment. And obviously, they play different. Positions, but still, uh, you, you don't know what a guy's going through and what is really happening to them. Uh, Gronkowski also talked about his quad injury that he suffered during the Super Bowl and how he could hardly sleep after the game and was crying in bed despite just winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, had the big catch that um, put them in position to get the what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. So, yeah, it's. Uh, is a rough kind of uh thing to watch but also moving and good to think about just overall what these players go through what they put themselves through and um yeah and obviously he's having success with cbd and uh, it's great to see that you know a guy can find a way to manage his pain without taking some of these painkillers and things that we've seen other players uh, maybe not so recently but more in the past struggle with uh, addiction issues
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the Andrew Luck things open up to a lot of discussion. And, you know, right before the start of the regular season... Um, you, you hope it, it kind of registers for, for people as we get closer to the season because that's when the grind really hits and you're going you know you have teams playing back to back to back to back and so on um, where that recovery period is not a very long one in the grand scheme of things week to week uh, yeah you've got the bye weeks sprinkled in there but as we know most of these guys could could use probably three or four bye weeks uh, in a row to just take off and not have to uh, go through that for, from a pain standpoint and so yeah this you know the Andrew Luck that the, the, the stuff that there's just a lot of attention on this now and hopefully like I said it continues to be something that's talked about you see former players have all come out and talked about you know what they've dealt with and all that and um, it's something that needs to continue to be discussed because it is a much larger deal as we we mentioned in the bat, past with cte and all that different stuff i mean there's there's so many layers to this and um it's something where at least the awareness has gotten so much better and and you mm-hmm. feel like guys are, are at least making the right decisions uh, and having an opportunity uh, to, to not be in a situation where they're in this type of pain you know as they get older and all that because it's just it is it's such a physically demanding game and uh It's something where you hope all these guys uh, find a way to deal with it uh, properly here moving forward. But uh, we wrap up the the headlines with uh, sort of a situation in San Francisco with Jarek McKinnon, who is someone I think, you know, got injured last year most people thought back on track getting an opportunity uh to get back in the mix there for what's a pretty deep 49ers backfield however uh and now it looks like that may not be the case still it looks like uh he may still be out for a little while. even though we we were all sort of really just in the past couple days it seemed like reports suggested that he was going to be back ready to go it doesn't seem that way now
0: yeah it's disappointing thinking about uh what McKinnon when they brought him in last year with a Kyle Shanahan's offense, to think about him in that role, it kind of seems to fit perfectly. They've kind of have a like a similar style player in Tevin Coleman now, picking him up. So, like you mentioned, they have a deep backfield. They're going to be fine if McKinnon can't go. We'll see over the next few days leading up to the season how severe this injury is. By the time this podcast comes out, maybe they'll announce the actual timetable. Right now, John Lynch said the outlook is not encouraging. Um, because yeah it is in the surgically repaired knee the same one so tough for san francisco i mean last year we think about what they went through and uh, shanahan not really having a fair shot with so many injuries garoppolo you know obviously is the one that takes the gets the most headlines but they had tons of injuries across the board and uh very beat up team hopefully you know mckinnon this isn't too serious and he doesn't miss too much time but, I mean, we, we saw Matt Breda last year, just an absolute animal. Like, he's going through so many injuries and kept playing. If Tevin Coleman can stay healthy, they're still going to have a pretty good one-two punch back there and should be fine going forward this year.
1: Yeah, we'll see what what happens there. But uh, yeah, injuries have not been kind to that team specifically over the past couple of years, as we know. And yeah, unfortunate to have a setback like that. Really good player, and uh, hopefully he's able to get back on the field here sooner rather than later, fully healthy uh, and ready to go there for the Niners. But uh, all right, let's jump into the meat uh, of this discussion, and uh, we'll start like we said. We're we're all about playoffs today, and we want to really focus in on teams that that could and maybe will not make the playoffs. We'll start with the pessimistic view uh, we'll give you the optimism uh, after that but <laughs> Well, we'll start off with the pessimism uh, and discuss the teams from 2018 that made the playoffs that could very well miss the playoffs this season. And, you know, I guess no specific order in terms of these teams, but but these are the teams, as Dylan mentioned, you look at the numbers, uh, there are going to be teams that, that will miss the playoffs. And, you know, from a statistical standpoint, it's going to be several that, that miss it, that were in it last year. That's just the way it works. Uh, we've seen that trend over the years um and, and that's just again that's that's the nature of the nfl and there's there's always changes like that when it comes to the postseason um so we dive in on these teams specifically and uh again we we are trying to poke holes in uh, the, the potential resumes of these particular teams we start in seattle with the seahawks who went 10 and 6 last season Um, Dylan, I think the Seahawks are a team, you know, they play in that division. It seems like for most people, it's the Rams and the Seahawks. The Niners, uh, you know, could be that intriguing sort of sleeper team. Um, The Cardinals, I think most people expect that they're in a rebuilding phase. But, you know, with the Seahawks, I mean, they, they have good talent. And I think it comes down to, and we'll talk more about this Certainly, you know, it's their offensive capabilities when you think about, you know, what Russell Wilson has to work with him around him, uh, whether that's from an on-field standpoint or a coordinator standpoint. Um, And again, it does go back to that division as well uh, when we kind of see where things are uh, with the NFC West right now.
0: Yeah, even before I started thinking about the Seahawks, uh, just on the team itself, I I also looked at their schedule. I know the NFC West plays the AFC North this year, so that's not going to be easy having to face Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, and Baltimore. All three of those games will be tough and on the flip side in the NFC they also face the entire NFC South so now you're getting another great division that's super deep we've talked about you know Tampa Bay being better this year Carolina and uh, and, uh, Atlanta we'll talk more about them potentially in the second section we'll find out about teams that missed the playoffs this year yeah and then you got the saints so those are all tough games they also get a tough draw from their nfc east matchup they'll play the eagles so they the schedule is not easy and the nfc just overall is so deep that i mean i i 'd be, I'd be surprised, but you could almost make an argument for each team in the NFC uh, that made the playoffs last year having a shot at missing it just because the whole conference is so strong, but then we yeah, yeah we go into Seattle like you mentioned with the lack of trust that I have and I mentioned previously in brian schottenheimer 's offensive philosophy. I, I want them to throw the ball more a lot more in early downs, uh, put Russell Wilson in places to succeed where when the defense isn 't necessarily looking for Um, A pass on, you know, third and seven, third and eight. They rushed the ball great last year, and, you know, they ran the ball more than anyone else, so you better hope they can run. Um, But I. Yeah, it's just again the strength of all the teams they're facing overall is going to be an issue, and I still have you know we'll see it. We'll see if he can adjust the philosophy, be more a bit more aggressive. This is a team that played in a ton of really close games last year, uh didn't really win. You know they won about half of them, I believe. So they were you know c- kind of in the middle, right? Probably where they should have been at ten and six. But uh yeah, we'll see with Doug Baldwin out, what they can do along their receiving corps. DK Metcalf has a lot of hype around him but there's also concerns about him you know not really being able to run the full route tree so yeah a lot of just this some of the concerns that some of the teams that aren't going to be on this list I didn't have with them uh, kind of develop themselves with Seattle.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Tyler Lockett, I mean, he he can be a playmaker. I think Chris Carson, who we've talked about several times now, using him more in the passing game, that's going to be important uh, because he's someone, as we know, he he's a playmaker. He's, he's gotten a lot better, and, you know, they're going to feed him the ball a lot this year, and he's someone who's going to have a lot of touches, and you mentioned Metcalf, if he can kind of be that playmaker too. They've got stuff to work with. It's just a matter of that consistency and being able to kind of develop a, a scheme that's a little more – I don't want to say exciting, but just a little more, you know, kind of, forward thinking i guess in terms of, of what they do there with with the weapons that they have um so yeah and again again what you said you know there there are a lot of good teams that miss the playoff every year and i think the seahawks have the the chance to be a good team but that schedule does matter and you know even if you're you know you miss the playoffs win a nine or ten games because you played such a a tough schedule or you put yourself in a position uh, where you just didn't you know couldn't get that extra win or whatever that that's what the strength of schedule has to do with there and so the seahawks that could be a couple, of those, a couple of those reasons we mentioned could be uh, the reasons that they missed the playoffs this season the next one has certainly one that has become more obvious uh, over the past <laughs> five days and uh, we alluded to this on our Andrew Luck episode and that is of course the Indianapolis Colts who went 10-6 and last season um, it all starts Dylan as we know with, with Luck retiring and how they adjust to that um, I mentioned it in that episode as well that it's not exactly like they're, they're picking up someone off the street to play at quarterback because Jacoby (laughs) Brissett, uh, I mean, he has proven himself. He's someone with a lot of talent, and I think there will be ways they can use him a little bit differently uh, than Andrew Luck. And so maybe there are some things they can take advantage of there. Uh, Still, you know, for me, the biggest question is just going to be how they adjust to that because I don't think it's going to be a process to where, okay, Andrew Luck retired last week. All of a sudden, they've got everything figured out going into week one next week.
0: Yeah, their overall strength of the roster definitely is encouraging. So from that standpoint, you know, the the talent around Brissett isn't a concern for me. And the defense is only getting better down the stretch of the year. They started kind of imposing their will and kind of coming together as a unit. And out of camp right now, there's only good things coming out about what they've been able to do and how they're gonna be moving forward. So this team should stick around. I don't think um, they're gonna just you know fall off a cliff. They're not gonna go four and 12. There's too much talent on this team to not still compete and not still be in these games and it's not like they're in a division that's you know has one team outside of them that's truly dominant they don't play in the same division as the Chiefs they don't play in the same division as the Patriots they can they have a shot and they're going to be competing in these games with the teams like the Titans Jags um so they yeah they got to, you know they have they can do this but it's not going to be easy and they're going to probably have to win a lot of close games uh, by the end of the year it's going to come down probably to that because they're they're not going to really be able to run away from too many teams um without having Andrew Luck back there
1: yeah, their margin for error is is you know it's smaller now in terms of whereas Andrew luck could have made certain plays or gotten them out of certain situations. um you know, Andrew Kobe present he could still do that. It's just we don't we don't have the proven uh, sort of track record in that same exact scenario maybe that with someone like luck, as we know, is you know, one of the guys we've talked about as being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the years, and um, so now you put yourself in those situations. Are you able to get yourself, you know, out of a hole if you're down, you know, ten going into the fourth quarter, or something like that? There, yep. There's just lots of different scenarios uh, that we don't really know how the Colts are going to react without Andrew Luck under center, and like you said, that division which we mentioned, I would be surprised if the Texans finished fourth, but then again, I could see the other three teams in the division all finishing last. So I think that's a situation. <laughs> where you look at a division like that to where it's completely wide open you could see maybe any possible order of finish here like i said i think i would probably lean towards i'd be very surprised if the texans finish last but you know what if the jags or the titans finish last in the division maybe it wouldn't be that shocking even though we have talked about both of those teams potentially Mm -hmm. being good potentially being playoff teams uh but i'm still in a scenario where i want to see it with both of those right out of the gate and see if maybe they have turned that corner Uh, it's a very wide open division and maybe that is one part of the positive scenario for the colts is that like you said they don't there's not a dominant team that we can sit here right now and say that team we know is getting to the playoffs from that division so that does Mm -hmm. give the colts a chance. Uh, to at least have an opportunity uh, to to win the AFC South this year even with some of the changes and uh, again we poked the holes in the possibilities of what would prevent them from doing that Uh, that's a good segue because we are going to go to the Texans Um, naturally just a a perfect segue Um, you know uh, this is a team I go back and forth on and, and certainly you know, the Lamar Miller injury uh, was something that, that doesn't help. Uh, even, like we said, they do they, they did get Duke Johnson now, and now they have him there. That trade is it's probably making them feel a little bit better. But still, losing your starting running back, you know, to a torn ACL, not good. We've mentioned the issues on the offensive line with them. They're still a team with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you feel like their setup is, is pretty good. But I'm still in this scenario. I think we said this on the very first podcast. I think the Texans could be good, but I still don't see the Texans as a team that can win, let's say, multiple playoff games um, and get you know, a team that can go deep in the playoffs. And that's why they're still maybe on that line. And that's why we put them in this specific section because they could be a team that's left out just because we can see some of those weaknesses that are still present with this team.
0: Yeah, when I first saw the Luck retirement, I kind of thought about the Texans and been like, "Wow, okay, they have a now they can you know this is their time to take this division." But then the more you think about it, again, like you you brought up so many great points about there's just so many questions. They're they're pretty top-heavy team. We think about Watson, Hopkins, Watt, and they you know some of the best players at their specific positions. But that doesn't change some of the issues they have. Uh, You already mentioned the offensive line. I think the secondary is the one that when I kind of look deeper into it. That really stood out so last year they finished 18th in pass defense efficiency despite um, as Warren Sharp brought up in his preview book facing quarterbacks including Brock Osweiler, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler, yeah. Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Nathan Peterman, Marcus Mariota you have Dak so you know a little bit better there Eli Manning, uh, Nick Foles, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold a couple of rookies there at the end they also face Baker Mayfield so yeah I mean the fact that they finish you know on the bottom half of the league in pass defense against some of these qbs that's they're not going to face those guys again they're going to have a much tougher slate of uh, opposing quarterbacks they do get a little bit of a um some uh, relief with luck obviously being retired but yeah not that's that's the thing that i'm I, you know their offense is exciting and they make a ton of big plays and fantasy wise your watson's gonna as, as long as he stays on the field rack up a ton of points same with hopkins but i don't know if they're the kind of team that week after week is going to be able to put up uh, in the high 20s points 30 points if their defense has some of the issues it might teams are able to kind of double team watt and kind of take him out and he's still not you know quite the same guy he used to be after all of his injuries as well um so that's why yeah they're a team that I wouldn't be surprised, like you mentioned, if they get in the playoffs when this division going away, but at the same time could easily see them miss it. Uh, even before uh, Watson got hurt a couple of years ago, that team wasn't a playoff team. And after he got hurt, they completely stumbled down the stretch and finished four and 12. So uh, you could, we've seen it go each way. And um, obviously if the offensive line doesn't hold up and Watson, uh, God forbid, does get injured, then they're in so much trouble and there's not really anything they can do at that point and yeah can, but you could say that for a lot of teams in the nfl
1: exactly and listen the, the watson hopkins stack is still going to be a go-to folks when you're playing uh you know DraftKings, kings uh, FanDuel, whatever um, stack them every week because they're going to get you some points uh with those two but guess what uh, super bowls aren't won with dfs and so um it's about much more and like we said that's why teams like this which you can identify these weaknesses right off the bat and say there's still a problem there uh, that makes you kind of question it more and that's why like we said we, we have these teams in this section for a reason because you can find more issues with them and i think the texans are certainly one of those teams uh, even w- with the you know the the effects from the andrew luck part of this deal um but i don't know i'm still iffy on them and bill o'brien i think he, he's still someone that we have our questions about uh, in terms of how they they approach things on offense and are they going to be able to take that next step uh We'll see what happens with the Texans staying in the Lone Star State. Uh, we go to the Dallas Cowboys. And that may be one that surprises some people uh, be, being in this particular group. But um, I think you, you can certainly make the, the case with the Cowboys is that, you know, there, there's one of those things, and you brought this up, Dylan, in one of our first episodes with them um, how good they were in one score games last season. But from a statistical standpoint, you know it's a situation where you it has to take a step back you're, you're not maybe going to have the breaks go your way in every single one of those situations like they did last year for the most part um and when you consider you know maybe what they're facing from a scheduling standpoint we don't know what's happening with Ezekiel Elliott how long is he going to be sidelined those things really play a role in this uh even you know having Dak having Amari Cooper all that but there there are some things you can look at with the cowboys and say hey we need to see something on this front if we want to be completely sure that you're going to be a team that makes the playoffs
0: yeah i I also again you know like we're saying it's statistically likely that three teams about from each conference are going to miss the playoffs and at the end of the day when i thought about the eagles the saints and the rams i just thought they're less question marks with the cowboys there's there's just things we don't know I I want to be intrigued by Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator uh kind of getting a, the best out of him with a more aggressive style and trying to kind of do some different things so and their offensive line should be healthier they have a ton of talent on defense so you want you want to be um you know confident but we had the same confidence in 2017 after they went 13 and 3 uh, when Dak and Zeke were rookies and it was like I have no one questioned them then and then they missed the playoffs got going away and Yeah, that strong record in one score games, that's something that in his uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell always writes these articles about kind of teams that are likely to regress and uh, perform better. And it's usually a lot of times it goes towards the mean in terms of how you perform in one score games. The Cowboys won nine of their 10 games last year by one score, which is pretty staggering. And on the flip side, as you mentioned with the Eagles, Uh, Their competition their division the Eagles were a team that underperformed record wise compared to you know not just how they performed in one score games but how well they were with Wentz on the field and early down success rate so they they have a ton of competition in the Eagles I don't in that division uh they could you know if they split that series you know that's great for them it's going to be a couple really tough games and overall yeah again they, we already mentioned before the NFC is stacked so a couple things don't go right Zeke doesn't come back and Tony Pollard doesn't really fill in that role well enough Kellen Moore and Dak take some time to work out the offense uh, the defense maybe has you know it's as talented as it is it's not incredibly deep on the back end so there's just a lot of question marks and you, a lot of things where you look at these teams that could regress and you uh, again like it's not necessarily one weakness like it was for the Texans in terms of their secondary where it became really obvious that this team has a glaring problem but there's just a lot of question marks uh, across the board for Dallas
1: yeah Zeke's going to be the one most people have their eye on and certainly not having him would, would be a big issue if it's multiple weeks and as i continue to say i think jerry jones he can say what he wants about being willing to wait but if let's say the cowboys start one and two or something then i think he's going to be a lot less likely uh, to wait because uh, he wants to win games and uh, we'll see what happens though you never know with, the, with those kind of negotiations but um i think that it's it's going to be fascinating as expected especially given the parties involved uh, there with that situation but uh next up the baltimore ravens 10 and 6 last season uh, they were a team that uh you know made the playoffs We saw Lamar Jackson and what he could do, uh, his ability to lead a team to that, but there are still questions about Lamar Jackson, his overall improvement, uh, how teams game plan against him, plus i think dylan for me it's it's a division too you feel like the steelers are going to be in much better shape this year um at least that's what we think have a better opportunity about you know to make the playoffs and then you've got the browns who have gone from a team that we expected to finish at the bottom now to as we've said many times a team that that people think can win games in the playoffs that puts the ravens in a spot where maybe there's a little less room for error than there was a season ago
0: Yeah, we've seen it out of the NFC, or sorry, the AFC North a few times where they've managed to get three teams into the playoffs, uh, not including Cleveland back when Cincinnati was a bit better. So we've seen it before, but I when I start thinking about the teams from this division, I mean, the Ravens are right there. They could, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, people that, you know, have said that they're going to win this division and have pointed to a lot of these things, not being as much of an issue as uh, I might think, or some of these um, issues with their defense. I I'm still curious to see how the defense ends up doing. I mean, if Earl Thomas is fully healthy, that, Goes a long way. We'll see how he comes back from injury, but they have a lot of new faces on that team, I and mean, you you lose Eric Weddle, Darius Smith, C.J. Mosley, Terrell Suggs on on that side. The offense, yeah, like you have mentioned, that just seeing how teams adjust to Lamar Jackson, and then how the Ravens counter this year. I believe Lamar Jackson's a better thrower than a lot of people will joke on Twitter and whatnot with different memes and stuff. But I I still think the overall strength of their division is going to be tough and you know between them i was thinking about putting the chargers at this last spot for the afc teams that could miss the playoffs um you know, we saw kind of how it played out in the super, or in the first round of the playoffs with, between those two teams i it's it's going to come down probably to the last couple of weeks i don't think the ravens are a team that you know we some of these teams earlier on this list i could see them at worst case scenario you know going down and only winning five six games maybe if, if everything went wrong i don't see that happening with the ravens i still see them winning at least eight or nine games i just don't know that if they're the you know the, those last couple of wins those losses to cleveland that didn't happen last year you know those games with pittsburgh are always tough and there's a lot of competition across the board and i want yeah again the Ravens watch them get a bye they could do it they could make the playoffs and even finish in the top two if everything went right but at the same time there are some especially on defense I I I, when I see it and you know see all the pieces kind of form together and see if they can regain that dominant form then I'll be more of a believer than right now Um, and right now I don't know if the defense is quite where it has been in the past and the offense hopefully for their sake can keep up
1: well, scheduling-wise, too, we we mentioned schedules, and I, I just had to look this up because I remember looking at the Ravens' schedule, and I was like, man, they've got some tough games. So, so they've got games against the Chiefs. They play the Seahawks. They play the Patriots. They play the Rams. Um, you know, so so those are things, and those are just some of the teams on there. And so it's like, you know, we mentioned schedule too, and some of those are going to be tough games. And you know, I think that's a situation where you look at it. Some of those are on the road, um, you know. So, so they they don't exactly have an easy slate uh, either. Probably in some of these mm-hmm. scenarios, and so like we said, mentioning too with the division um, playing the Browns twice now is tougher than, than it used to be. And we know the Steelers what that's going to be. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they're they're just again, it goes back to there's less room for error because they did you know lose some players, and uh, with the Lamar Jackson situation, we're still. Gonna wait and see, you know. For him as a as a thrower, I know that's what everybody says, and, and we'll see what you know how he progresses and how he's looking early on in the season there. But all right, Dylan, we wrap up this section uh, with a team that uh, again we're not saying this team's gonna miss the playoffs, but it's a team that you could look at and. And have some concerns about uh, in certain areas and that is the chicago bears who went 12 and 4 last year as we know a team that that many thought were you know we're going to have the opportunity to get to a super bowl that didn't happen um and uh, i think it, it it kind of plays off the, the ravens here in terms of the division the packers are going to be better the vikings are going to be tough um the lions you know i don't we haven't said a whole lot about the lions but <laughs> I mean, they, they're, they're still a team that you feel like, you know, I don't expect the Lions to go 4-12 and or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there's they're still a team that's going to be able to win some games. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that leaves in that situation in that division where you're playing tough games down the line, across the board. You know, every single division game you feel like it's going to be tough. Um, and then you mentioned, Dylan, before. I know one of the things, too, is just, just having that depth and that how important that is. Yeah that may be something we watch for uh, with this bears team
0: yeah as you mentioned just now we've talked about the depth thing with them having drafted the fewest players in the nfl over the last three years they have so much talent where um you know at these positions but if certain guys go down at key spots which did not happen last year for the you know they had some injuries but nothing nowhere to you know trubisky stay on the field max in the field all these guys kind of that were in these really important areas were able to stay healthy um i i'm curious a couple of things that uh, stuck out to me or definitely will be how this defense with all the talent adjusts to a new defensive coordinator if they can kind of still capture the magic of Vic Fangio there was an article that came out this week in ESPN interviewing uh, Sean McVale Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur and all three of them unanimously said that the toughest uh, defensive coordinator to go up against is Vic Fangio now obviously the head coach uh, Denver so uh, not having him will be interesting to see also something that's overlooked uh, when the Bears made their huge jump last year in 2017 in the last year with John Fox they had one of the tougher schedules in the NFL last year the second easiest um, this year will not be so easy they have to like as you mentioned they'll they'll be mm-hmm. facing the AFC West with the Chiefs and Chargers and then the NFC East with the Cowboys and Eagles especially at the top so they uh, you know it, the strength of their division itself too with Minnesota and the Packers that's going to be another issue those teams both should be better you'd think than last year and perform much better so more of a threat there Uh, i i still think the bears will we'll see when we get to the uh predictions episode i haven't made my complete decisions yet i right now i'm leaning towards the bears still getting in the playoffs i still think they have too many too much talent matt nagy is too good with what he's been able to do with trubisky and i think trubisky can you know hopefully take another step this year kind of like we saw jared goff in year three a year ago so there's a lot of positives for the bears but or again as we talked about there's six teams every year just about that missed the playoffs that made it the year before and so we had to include one more on this list and it just ended up being chicago
1: yeah and i'm gonna run through their schedule real quick because i think this is the one we, we mentioned because a team that there is not a lot of you know easy games on the schedule and everybody can say well there's no easy games in the nfl well you know what sometimes there are some games you feel like you're you have a really good chance to win um here's what they have non-nfc north games here they're at the broncos they're at the redskins they're at the raiders they're at home against the saints they're at home against the chargers they're at the eagles they're at the Rams, or maybe it's the opposite. I'm not sure, but I, I'm just looking at this. Yeah, uh, they're like, at the Rams. Okay, so they're at the Rams. They're at home against the Giants. They're at home against the Cowboys. They're at home against the Chiefs. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of teams in there that you would say, I think that team could make the playoffs, one, the Bears opponent. So that that's a situation where you get some of these really good teams at home, uh, but you go on the road uh, against teams, let's say, like the Broncos or, um, you know, like the Raiders, uh, you know, teams that maybe a lot of people don't necessarily think are going to be great teams. But as we know in the NFL, especially when you go on the road, that that, you know, th- there are no guarantees on the road. We, we feel like that's the case uh, for the most part. And so that that does leave kind of a an interesting scenario there for the Bears and having to win some of these games uh, on the road, knowing that they have some really tough competitive games uh, against potential not just playoff contenders but potential Super Bowl contenders uh, at mm-hmm. home. So th- there's lots there's lots to chew on there with the Bears uh, because of that scheduling aspect for sure. All right, Dylan, we move from the pessimism to the optimism. And uh, yes. we're going to look at teams It's what everybody wants. We want more optimism in, in our daily lives. And uh, so we're going to move to the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that could make the playoffs this season. And I feel like they're they're in pretty good shape to have an opportunity to do that we start with the pittsburgh steelers because they were a team among that group last year that missed the playoffs a lot of people are very surprised at that um you know there, there's always a handful of teams there are or less that that we are surprised to miss the playoffs the steelers were one of those teams last year and now they lose two of their better skill players two skill players that have sort of defined the franchise in recent years with antonio brown Le'Veon bell however dylan they've got some uh they've got a really good nucleus coming back and and it's just i think too from a consistency perspective it's a team we know is going to at least put itself in position to be right there and have an opportunity just like they were last year it's just how do they adjust uh, to not having a couple of those guys which we know Le'Veon bell set out but not having antonio brown how does that change the offense that's what people are going to want to see here with the steelers
0: yeah, we saw last year how they did without Le'Veon Bell and James Conner fit right in, performed incredibly well both as a running back and, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. Their offensive line is still one of the better ones in the NFL. Their defense, I think, should be better. The secondary still a concern, but Devin Bush is kind of uh, hopefully going to give them uh, kind of that Ryan Shazier factor you can never replace a guy like that but having a linebacker is sound and everything we'll talk about him a bit on our preseason standouts too just a guy that is going to be a huge help for them in terms of their receiving corps this is a team that has invested well in the draft with uh, and drafted incredibly well at the receiver position I Antonio Brown's gone and there's no way to really replace that I do think though they have still a strong group with Juju at the top I, as I mentioned I think in one of the last couple episodes I think Juju's can't put up Antonio Brown type numbers in fantasy you can write that down and then we got guys like James Washington Deontay Johnson Dante Moncrief they have they have talented players and James Washington has made some plays in the preseason that make you think he can kind of fill that Juju rule role from last year uh, and a team that last year went 9, 6, and 1, right? And they had some losses that were came down to the wire on last second plays that could have gone either way they had some really tough ones like the saints game too where they played some of the better teams in the nfl and just just came up short barely so it'll be interesting to see we've mentioned how tough that division is with the browns being better and the ravens still being strong so there's still going to be some obstacles for this uh, franchise but i think you know a year after missing the playoffs they've had made it the previous four i think they're going to regroup and be stronger than Probably some people are giving them credit for.
1: Well, we, we stay on that that tough division theme, and we go back to the NFC North, which we just talked about, and and it's a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, the Minnesota Vikings, eight seven and one last season, and uh, we, it's well documented uh, the struggles, especially down the stretch for that team last year with with Kirk Cousins under center and um, all the different issues they had on offense, and, and now trying to build off of maybe some of the success you know that they had at times and trying to turn that into a full season of consistency on offense um, you feel like the defense is at least set up well I've, I've been very high on, on dalvin cook on the offensive side there's a lot of pieces that you can like with you know with this Vikings team it's just uh, to me again it goes back to that division and that they are not going to play an easy schedule and that's why on paper sometimes it's hard to exactly know which which way a team's going to go
0: yeah, the Vikings, obviously, they have to play against the Packers and Bears twice, so they play at both teams. They also have road games against the Chiefs, Seahawks, and Chargers. Uh, maybe the Charger one doesn't They don't necessarily have the best home field advantage, but still all tough teams that they're facing there. Yeah, the Vikings, last season, obviously, a team that we've, as we've touched on before, going into the last year, they had Super Bowl aspirations. They were mentioned by were picked by tons of people to you know at the very least get in the playoffs there were very few people that picked them not to make the postseason and i think the defense it still was near the top of the league in efficiency i think it'll be even better they they They've done a great job of kind of doing some of the things we've talked about with the Patriots and some of these other teams that will get these second contract guys for maybe a little cheaper than they would have gone just years ago because everyone's trying to go young and is trying to, you know, work with rookies and the league every year continues to get younger and younger. There's still value in keeping a unit together and having all these guys that know Mike Zimmer's defense. It's in the, you know, when they dream at night, it's in the back of their head. I think their defense is, stout and is going to respond and be scary this year uh we'll see how danielle hunter does i maybe he'll rack up 10 plus sacks i don't know we'll find out but they they have too much talent for me to not think they'll get into the postseason uh, even with the, the all the competition it's such a tough tough conference and division uh we'll see if uh, we've talked about Kirk cousins struggling against really good teams and his record against teams with winning records points that out Uh, But I think there's reason for optimism too with their offense under Kevin Stefanski down the stretch last year. We've mentioned this when we talked about the one big question for the Vikings. They were starting to use a lot more 12 personnel and really protect cousins on some of these um, play action passes. Dalvin Cook started to look a lot better in that offense too. So seeing that for a full year will be exciting. And uh, just overall so much talent in this team they're definitely going to be right in the mix down the stretch
1: really good at segues here because talent i think is the the theme for the next team and uh, <laughs> this is not a team that lacks hype and we know that because we have been hyping them up as have a lot of people uh around the nfl and that is of course the cleveland browns uh seven eight and one last season but i think a seven eight and one record this season or a record under 500 period would be considered a disappointment, Dylan, because mm-hmm. they did bring in a lot of talent. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent on that roster. It feels like a team uh, that is deep, maybe deeper than it's been in a long time in terms of, of having that depth at key positions. So, yeah, I mean, it's you can run down so many different things with this Browns team. I mean, there, there's just a lot to like about them, and uh, I don't think it would surprise anyone, and we have not been able to say this before, I don't think it would surprise anyone if the Browns make the playoffs and at least have an opportunity to win a game in the playoffs this season.
0: They are the Cleveland Browns at the end of the day, but the the more <laughs> we look into all the things to find wrong, you know, there's so much hype and, you know, sometimes it seems like it might be too much, but when you look at take a look, you understand why and it's you're not fooling yourself when you get excited about this team with all the talent they have at the skill positions. I'm really excited to see how their defensive line performs with Miles Garrett, uh, Vernon, and Sheldon Richardson. Those guys have looked great in the preseason. I think they're going to be an absolute problem for opposing offenses. Uh, they went from spending the 25th most cap space a couple years back on their defense or last year actually sorry, to second in the league this year so they're really investing on their defense that's one thing as much as we think you know about the offense and all the exciting things Mayfield did with Freddie Kitchens and now you add OBJ I think the x-factor that makes this team a real contender is their defense and what they're able to do their secondary is also strong so um, the last thing that I kind of made a note of, we, we've we been talking about all these schedule notes of how, you know, there's probably not a lot enough made at the end of the seasons about some of the strength of schedule things. Like you said, every every game's a tough game in the NFL, but there are, you know, teams that end up by the end of the year playing a much tougher slate. And we look at the Browns, they play the third toughest schedule last year uh warren sharp projects that they'll face the fourth easiest this year so talk about a team that was at seven eight and one could have finished you know maybe even nine six and one or could have won that that game that they tied against the steelers early in the year so uh a lot of optimism here todd munkin their new offensive coordinator he should only add to what uh, kitchens has already started had a lot of success on the offensive side with quarterbacks that aren't baker mayfield not that same level of talent so it's going to be fun i i expect the browns to attack down the field um, like you know probably at one of the higher rates in terms of deep passes right there with you know mahomes and goff and those offenses so no matter what the browns do i think they'll be one of the more exciting teams in the nfl and there's no reason that if uh, their key players stay healthy that they aren't in the playoffs and uh, as we've said before it's crazy to think about that <laughs> with the cleveland browns
1: yep for sure they, they've got the talent and uh Again, it goes back to what we said about it would be surprising if they finish with a, with a record under 500. just like it would be the same for the Green Bay Packers, who went 6-9-1 last season. We know about the overhaul there for them. Um, Aaron Rodgers under center, when they, when you have that, you have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, there, That's the goal with Matt LaFleur coming in. They're going to try some different things to get things back on track there in Green Bay, but uh, the Packers seem to at least be set up uh, for a big bounce back season, and I don't think it, it probably surprises anyone that, that they're in this particular section for us.
0: Yeah, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you're always going to be considered a playoff contender, and I think with this offense and the things that they're going to kind of emu- uh, add to it with Lafleur and his system, while keeping some of the things that Rodgers has succeeded with, they they have a chance to be incredibly explosive. That I, you know, we haven't seen it the last two years, but it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, man. Like this guy's <laughs> still the man he's the bad bad man (laughs) and uh, i expect their defense uh, we talked about the browns maybe not to the same extent but i still expect the packers to have a much improved unit adding adrian amos you got darnell savage back there and then jerry alexander developing into one of the better corners in the nfl uh they're gonna need their pass rush to be improved you you think was darius smith and preston smith those guys can make an impact mike Patton always you know dials up interesting looks so they already were taking kind of strides forward there last year I think they'll improve more and yeah it's a you know a team that at six nine and one last year you kind of look at what went wrong and there's more of the stagnation it felt like with that offense and if they can avoid that uh, maybe there'll be some kinks to work out early in the year I don't really anticipate that I think the Packers will hit the ground running and immediately kind of get back to the team that we're used to seeing with Aaron Rodgers on the field
1: yeah maybe this entire group I'd be maybe the most surprised if the Packers missed the playoffs I know you can make the case for a lot of these teams but I, I just I, I'm that high on them and uh, I think that they've got a chance to get right back up there to that top tier um uh, yeah you know you always have questions when you have a first year head coach like that but uh, I don't know I just there's a lot to like about this team and you feel like they're going to get their kind of find their groove back uh, going into mm-hmm. the season we wrap up uh, this section with a couple of uh, nfc south teams and we'll start with the falcons um I, the falcons are a team we we've also mentioned many times thus far on this podcast as a team that you feel like really going to have a chance to take a step forward injuries were such a, a big part of their their failures last season um they were one of those teams that you looked up at their record and you're like this feels like a team that should maybe be the opposite in terms of their record. You know, uh, they they should be a team that's right there having a chance to to lock up a, you know, a buy in the playoffs or something. And and yet it was just the injuries just hit them so much to where they could not find any consistency, even though you look at the skill positions and said, Hey, they've got some talent here. Uh, They've just got to stay healthy. If they do that, I think they'll be right back there in that mix to get back to the playoffs
0: yeah I think with Devonte Freeman we talked about we talked previously about their offensive line and uh you know they, they're pretty strong up front and if he can stay healthy their ability to run in the red zone I think will really help their efficiency if they can just score touchdowns in the red zone and not settle for so many field goals or sometimes turnovers I think you'll immediately see a, a split and what they're able to do yeah in terms of injuries last year they you know on top of their two safeties they lost Deion Jones is the heart and soul of that defense and, their splits when he's on the field and when and compared to when he's not are pretty striking i think him staying on the field is going to be a huge thing for a defense that should be much improved and that's scary considering even last year when they weren't uh able to make the playoffs they still had a really explosive offense that could even become more dangerous if they're able to convert more often when they get inside the 20
1: yep and and again it's a team that that they, they've got talent and, and you like to have teams that, that have talent guys you can rely on um certainly at those top positions and you feel like the, the falcons have that uh, on both sides of the ball and so that's uh, that, that's a positive for them But when they have to go up against the division uh, that's very tough because it also includes the carolina panthers the other team we have on this list uh seven or nine last season everybody knows about the just the the struggles they had down the stretch after starting off so well Uh, They could not do anything down the stretch, and and that left them out of the playoffs. Everything, I mean, it's wrapped up to Dylan in one thing. I mean, it's Cam Newton. Like, he is the one that's going to determine, you know, where they can go. Yes, Will Greer, uh, he's looked good in the preseason, but let's face it, everything they do is still, you know, it surrounds Cam Newton, and everything they do runs through Cam Newton. Um, and so, yeah, having Christian McCaffrey is nice that they've got some guys that can break out at wide receiver uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, you know, it's just it's about cam newton like that's it for me it's about cam newton if cam newton can get back to his former self which may be asking a lot at this point um or even just get back to to being a person they can rely on you probably feel pretty good but we still don't know you know exactly how that's going to happen or exactly how that's going to unfold
0: yeah luckily it looks like he's going to play in week one against the rams after that kind of scary foot injury so that's great news but you see last season we talk about how they started off so well and then dropped off it's all tied into the cam shoulder stuff and them not being able to push the ball down the field defenses as newton said himself being able to kind of sit on shorter routes and really kind of took away what they're doing so well in north turner's new offense they were a really fun team to watch early in the year when they had all all everything clicking i think this year yeah if cam stays healthy there's no reason to think they can't perform at that same clip if not better with all these guys getting more use of the system some of these young receivers that really could break out this year as we mentioned in the fantasy episode we'll see what Greg Olson is able to do he's had so many foot injuries and kind of getting towards the end of the line their defense is a concern for me uh, dipped to 22nd defense efficiency last year after being seventh in 2017 when they made the playoffs that year so uh, some issues there but if their defense can you know improve a bit get towards the middle of the pack and the offense is able to perform as well as it did early in the year and stay at that clip yeah there's a there's a reason that the panthers are a popular pick to make the playoffs by a lot of people and uh they're definitely going to be in the race till towards the end is, but it all comes down to cam newton as you mentioned i don't think if you throw will greer in there that they're gonna uh, perform at the same clip not even close and um hopefully cam's able to stay healthy and we get to really see what north turner's uh, newest system can do in carolina
1: yep we'll see what happens there and i don't know we've went through these teams i don't think any of these teams are very surprising to be on this list i don't think anyone would be too surprised uh because you know these (laughs) non-playoff teams they've they've gotten better in some of these areas and certainly they're going to be right there in the race uh once we get closer to playoff season uh these teams will have a chance it feels like uh, at least looking at them on paper going into the regular season all right, Dylan, we'll wrap up here, running through quickly some uh, some preseason standouts. And as always, we like to turn things to the fantasy football side. Um, as we know, that's where everybody's getting their drafts ready. And I'd like to mention, if you did your draft any time before um, even the end of this week, like you're just asking for trouble in my opinion um, we saw that with the Andrew Luck thing and now uh, we see all these different things that could happen and, and that's why you wait until uh, a couple days before the season to have your draft I know that's not uh, possible sometimes but man it's uh, you have the draft any earlier It sometimes it's hard because you don't get to see some of these guys uh, that have stood out and guys that you could really focus your attention on Dylan we'll group some of these guys together uh, let's start with the a uh, couple of wide receivers here and that is Jacoby Myers with the Patriots, James Washington with the Steelers, and McCole Hardman uh, with the Chiefs. I think you, you look at all these guys, You know, they're playing on teams with uh, great quarterbacks, and so that always gives you an opportunity to kind of maybe adjust a little bit quicker because you are playing with three guys um, as good you know, as those quarterbacks with Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, these three wide receivers could be guys that you keep your eye on there.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, we already touched on uh, james washington and what he's able to do so far in the preseason he's really stood out with uh, 203 yards a couple touchdowns making plays deep down the field where contested catches that are really impressive right now he's his adp is 138 he's the 49th receiver off the board i think there's a chance he'll you know by mid-season be the number two receiver so there's a ton of value there if that ends up playing out not quite the same for jacoby myers but i still think he can have a big role in the offense which is crazy to say for a guy that's drafted and you know it stood out in camp and then we you know, you know you had quotes from tom brady and belichick praising him and then you see it play out in the preseason where he's averaging the most of uh, yards per game of any receiver through the first three preseason games if you can have any kind of consistent role in that offense he his value in the fantasy which is almost nothing right now uh, in terms of the, <laughs> at his adp could become a you know a guy maybe at some point in the year you look up look at as a waiver wire pickup McCole hardman yeah i excited to see what he can do fantasy wise might be tougher and you know he might have one week where he gets a couple rushes one reception and then another where he has two 60 yard touchdowns just because he's so damn fast so it'll be uh, great to see what he can do in Andy Reid's offense but Andy Reid isn't one to really you know rely on one guy we, I mean we see we talk about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and those guys are kind of special cases because they're superstars um, and Hardman you know maybe he'd get to that point one day but nonetheless a uh, really interesting piece just in terms of preseason standouts to so think about what he can do for the Chiefs offense if you're a Chiefs fan it just makes them that much more dangerous and that makes them much more scary for everyone else
1: yeah, another Chiefs player that's in this group and we'll go to the running backs now because uh, we, we mentioned this guy we, We're talking about Damian Williams and how, how back and forth I am with him uh, from a fantasy perspective when you when you think about what his role is going to be in the offense it's because of Darwin Thompson who has certainly been someone mm-hmm. that's been talked about a lot uh, a couple other running backs Justice Hill with the Ravens and Mike Boone with the Vikings Dylan
0: yeah justice hill first on him uh he was described by a writer at BaltimoreRavens.com ravens.com as a one-man thunder and lightning combo so you usually think about uh you know maybe damien or d'angelo williams and jonathan stewart and some of these great uh one-two punches this guy's got the speed and the power uh he's absolutely a steal for them in the fourth round um we've seen a lot of running backs in that kind of third fourth fifth round succeed in the nfl over the last few years so He's led the uh, Ravens in rushing in two of their first three preseason games. I know there's a lot of talent in that backfield with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. We already talked about Gus Edwards probably being underrated fantasy-wise. But there's a chance that, you know, Justice Hill ends up kind of coming out of nowhere. We saw with the, the Saints a few years ago where they had Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. And then suddenly Alvin Kamara was... Bracking up so many yards and no one was really talking about him. So who knows what will happen with Justice Hill? But definitely someone to keep your eye on. Mike Boone. I I think as long as Dalvin Cook stays healthy, fantasy wise, uh, he might not be a big contributor. But I think for the Vikings themselves, he has a ton of value. He he allows them to kind of have a change of pace back. They're not going to have Latavius Murray anymore, obviously. He's been uh, really demonstrating his ability to do everything on offense and special teams. And if Dalvin Cook does go down, you swipe him up immediately because he's probably going to have a big role in the, with the Vikings if that does play out. And, we, yeah, we talked about Darwin Thompson before. I think that he could end up being the Chiefs' number one running back by the end of the year. Fantasy-wise, someone that I will, you know, I know I'm going a league with Blake, so maybe I won't say too much about him. But <laughs> I'll keep my eye on him in case uh, things go south So with the other running backs. Uh, some a guy that's really looks dynamic able to do it all on offense uh, kind of do all the things that andy reed wants a running back to be able to do catching the ball blocking uh running so it uh, should be exciting to see what he can do in his uh, first season here
1: speaking of guys that could win you your fantasy league daniel jones um <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm sorry I, i'm not making fun of daniel jones but but look we have to address this because dylan you and i were laughing about this and it was not laughing at daniel jones it's laughing at sometimes the coverage of daniel jones I remember like when when training camp first started and like this is the problem when it comes to the social media era is that we know everything we know every single pass that he throws in training camp uh, you know, we know every single move that rookies make as soon as they step on the field. And you know, it's like that that first couple of days, the first time he got in, you know, he's throwing picks and he's throwing incompletions, and they we're all just making such a big deal of it. Oh, he's a bust already, he's practiced for you know eight minutes and he's already <laughs> threw, you know, four interceptions. Or it's like I just I have to laugh about that because then it goes to this to where, you know what, he's looked pretty good and you know, he's not going to be somebody, as we know, Dylan, he's not going to be someone that's going to be on your draft board. Like, you're not going to draft Daniel Jones. Let's just keep that in mind. Like, he is not the starting quarterback. You're not going to have a backup quarterback on your fantasy roster. It's just, that's not a good idea. Um, that's not going to win you anything. But... <sighs> because we don't know what's gonna happen because we are gonna hear daniel jones talked about literally every single week probably um depending on how eli manning plays he's at least someone we have to keep our eye on because he could have that starting job sooner rather than later and you know what he's got some good he's got some okay talent around him with saquon barkley we know you know odell beckham's not there anymore but he'll he'll throw the ball and you know what you at least keep an eye on him
0: yeah hopefully as we said before he gets onto the field I'm excited to see, you know, how he responds to defensive coordinators dialing up their best pressures and breast looks compared to what he's seen uh, so far in the preseason. I, I I think with him, you gotta kinda you mentioned the first bar where everyone's overreacting to some of the things he did early in training camp with all the picks. If we I, you know we're, I don't know if we ever learn, learn our lesson on this stuff I, we <laughs> saw Jared Goff look absolutely abysmal in his first yeah. training camp Mitch Trubisky as well and now you're seeing what those guys can do not saying Daniel Jones will get to their level but it's possible And but on the flip side we've seen tons of quarterbacks that are not big names and not uh, guys that we think of as the, uh, the top tier or even close to it um, over the years that have been high draft picks that have performed well in the preseason hello Blake Bortles and yeah. um, there yeah so you got to kind of go towards the mean and at least see if what he does when he's actually on the field against defenses that are um putting their best out there he's a lot to prove in the future uh but someone that uh, still you know we're talking about preseason standouts we can't ignore what he's done in these first three games and there's a reason for some excitement for the giants uh, i know pat is almost kind of taking a victory lap He was asked about the <laughs> Uh, perception of Daniel Jones and he um, all the negative feedback and he said you know let's ask all those people what they think now I mean I don't feel that much different because it's the preseason and teams are not (laughs) giving you their best looks I uh, I you know cautiously optimistic for him compared maybe to some people but it's more of a case of you see these young quarterbacks play uh, we're seeing more and more of them succeed in the right system so got to give the kid a shot and yeah. someone to keep your eye on i I just hope he gets a chance this year that's the biggest thing i want to see him on the field in the regular season
1: yeah from a fantasy perspective it's probably more about watching him and how he progresses this year and thinking about him for next year than it is uh looking at him and feeling like he's going to be somebody that you're going to have to have on your roster mm-hmm. this season uh, it doesn't feel like we're going to get to that specific case there uh, with Daniel Jones and the Giants but then we'll wrap up with the defensive player uh, we know you know depending on what kind of league you're in uh, some people will have just full defenses others uh, you'll be drafting individual defensive players um, and one certainly you know a guy speaking of rookies someone who, who's really stood out Steven Bush uh, with the Steelers and I don't know that that's been a big a su- a surprise because uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding him uh, based on what he was able to accomplish in college and he's certainly uh, showing it thus far on the field
0: there's a reason the Steelers traded up to get him, and I think yeah, not too far, at least for their sake. A lot of uh, scouts said that Bush was one of the most pro-ready guys coming out of college, and it's shown up on the tape in the preseason he's so fundamentally sound does makes the right move every time it feels like reads the opposing offense he's already completely locked in and is going to be inserted into that defense right off the bat i wouldn't be surprised if he leads the nfl among rookie uh, tackles uh you know already someone that keep your eye on and as one of the odds on favorites to win uh the nfl defensive rookie of the year and also you know be a huge part of what we talk about with the Steelers and that defense and what this franchise wants to be getting back to the playoffs uh, their offense isn't as big of a concern their defense has had some struggles so having a guy plugged in like this could make an immense impact just someone that yeah out of the preseason a lot of the best players we don't see them on the field right so yeah it's nice to see a guy like this out there and you're like wow that that guy can really ball and it's going to be a lot of fun watching him this year
1: Yep, feels like a true Steelers linebacker, and uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, someone's going to fit in right, right, uh, right away there with them, and uh, he should uh, transition seamlessly into being someone they rely on there on the defense. But all right, Dylan, that'll wrap it up. Uh, another episode uh, in the books here on the Establish the Past podcast, and we teased it earlier. The next one is the big one, and that is the one where we make our predictions for the 2019 NFL season. Division winners, wildcard teams, uh, the the teams that will play in the Super Bowl and who will win the Super Bowl, all that good stuff uh, here as we go into our predictions episode next week because the start of the regular season is next week, and uh, it's something where we're all geared up, Dylan. We've got a ton of coverage going on, not just on the podcast but on the website. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find uh, all the great stuff we have going up
0: Yeah, at ClutchPoints.com under the NFL tab, you know all our NFL content. If you search fantasy football, you can find all of our fantasy football content. We also wrote up uh, a whole kind of piece that linked out to all of you know our podcasts about the fantasy stuff, but all our writers and their picks for the breakout candidates, sleepers, all these different things that we talked about, guys that are going to gain and lose targets. So if you're if you're smart like like we talked about and had your draft pushed back to at least after the last preseason games, still some time to get some last minute research in there. Um, Also in the clutch points app you can uh, you know the nfl tab all our news um and scores and all the stats and everything are going to be in there so yeah a lot of great places to find us for the podcast itself yeah, so please subscribe on spotify itunes uh soundcloud we're on google play and some other spots too pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast We are there, and we appreciate the support and uh, excited to get going with the regular season. Only one more preview episode to go over.
1: Yeah, no, we've got some exciting things in the work for the regular season. I think you guys are really going to enjoy lots of fun stuff we'll talk about uh, during the week, uh, whether that's looking at fantasy aspects, whether that's making our picks for the upcoming games. Lots of good stuff on the way here on the podcast. As Dylan said, be sure you're subscribed everywhere. Uh, that way you don't miss any of the great stuff we got gotten works here on the Establish the Past podcast. So thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, lots of great stuff on the way here on the podcast as we are getting closer to the start of the regular season.